Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice though, they really mean flavor. Like in your face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either, but it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice, anything but subtle. Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have a reverse Clark rage about how we can come to help other people when we least expect that we're the ones that are going to make a difference. And yet later, are we going to have a recession this year? I got some info for you you're going to need to know for your wallet. So all this talk three years ago, two years ago, about delivery drones, that that was going to be the thing. We're going to have all these drones flying around delivering things to us instead of having UPS and FedEx have drivers drive trucks up and walk things to our door and all that. Well, so far except for some limited trials in England, packages are not being delivered by drones. But guess how they are starting to be delivered? By little cute robots. True story. So first, last week it was announced by George Mason University, which is in suburban northern Virginia near Washington, D.C., that a European startup is now offering delivery robots that run around the campus delivering to students. So students that are on meal plan at George Mason can order on the school app and they can have the robots deliver pizza from Blaze Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, And to have things delivered, well, they're already on meal plan, so they have to pay $1.99 to have the robot bring the food and beverages to them instead of them walking across campus to pick up their item. The robots are really cutesy little things. They they, um, have six wheels, and they can apparently climb curbs and all that. And deliver stuff. Well, Amazon has now announced that they are testing. It doesn't look like it's the identical robot, but very similar looking, also with six wheels, that they're using the delivery robots in parts of Washington State to deliver Amazon orders to people's homes and businesses. So... The Amazon robot goes by the name Amazon Scout, and Amazon says it will not run over your pets, that it can go around obstacles, that it will not run into pedestrians. We shall see, but there are so many companies working on answers known as last mile answers. How do you get things 
to people reducing the labor component for getting that done. And these little cute robots, they're cute to me, are really part of what's going on. I wonder if they talk back. Judith is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Judith. Hello. Judith, you got a question for me about income tax that I'm so happy you're asking. Well, the question I have is my my preference has always been to pay perhaps two, three hundred dollars into the income tax rather than ask for a refund. And a mention had been made about the concern with fraudulent uh, people trying to get that refund, and I'm thinking, okay, if I'm not getting a refund, but I'm simply paying some taxes, is that a safe way to handle that concern? Completely. So I'm a big fan of people not making interest-free loans to the IRS. Yay. But you and I are really different than the average American, because most people want to pay in too much money to the IRS so that then in late winter or early spring, they get a refund that to them is like a bonus check. It's like a method of forced savings. But the problem is, is if there's any fraud involved where somebody pretends to file as if they're you or whatever, you will wait 10 to 14 months typically to get the refund that you're expecting. And that's a real mess, right? Oh, it'd be like having your identity stolen. Well, your identity has been stolen, at least for the purpose of filing falsely tax returns as if they're you. And then you've got to prove it wasn't you who filed the false return. And that's why the process takes uh, 10 to 14 months. And there was just a report that came out just a few hours ago that I saw that because of the length of the partial federal shutdown, that the IRS is going to be as much as a year behind. I don't know how 35 days translates into being a year behind, but that a lot of things are going to take a whole year longer than they would have otherwise. Hopefully that's just alarmist and not how things will play. I hope so. I hope so. But you well, are doing you you're doing exactly the right thing. Good. Always nice to have a little approval. <laughs> well, have a great day and and thank you for asking that question because for as many years as I've been on the air, which goes back to the mid 1980s, I've been encouraging people to reduce their withholding, not to where you owe the the IRS a lot of money, but where you don't owe the IRS but just a small amount and are not waiting for a giant refund each year after you file your income tax. Scott's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Scott. Yes. Hi, how's it going? Awesome. Scott, how can I be of service to you? Because you are a hardworking guy. Well, we try. So I have a a regular nine to five type of job and, and I think I've emailed you that info but it's you know i, I started I haven't a, seen a that so just tell me from the beginning okay so i, I do have a, a monday to friday job and i get a w2 on that and uh, and midway this year i started a uh, 
a gr- with it with a group uh, of a new uh, a new business like a uh, network marketing uh, type of uh, endeavor. And under the new uh, Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, I wanted to know if you had found anything or had any advice on anything other than some of the regulars that that would be good for tax deductions, um, uh, mileage. Well, this the big benefit to you, things like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the big benefit is not from any changes from from the tax law. The big benefit to you is the ability to do a SEP IRA in addition to whatever retirement plan you have available to you at your regular employment. Because what a SEP does is it directly dollar for dollar reduces the net income you have from your side business. So That's a uh, SEF or SEP? SEP. So with the SEP IRA, the way it works is you have to fill out a form that takes about 90 seconds to fill out. And Mm -hmm. it's a very simple IRS form, basically almost a worksheet. You don't even submit it to the IRS, but you, um, you use it with whoever you decide to set your SEP up with. And you do a SEP with any of the low-cost companies. And then okay. instantly your money essentially becomes IRA money. So the money that goes in there is all pre-tax money and directly reduces your tax obligations that you'd have currently for the side business. It's the best way of reducing tax due on a side business or self-employed or independent contractor job. I see, I see. And is that something that you would do quarterly or, or throughout the rest of the this year? Or Usually when people do their SEP, they wait to figure out how much money they made from the okay. side business. And there's a calculation, there's a formula that roughly translates into that you can shelter 25% of your net from that side business in the SEP up to limits that are huge. They're like 54,000, 55, something like that, somewhere in there. So it's a great opportunity to shelter. Excellent. And again, when you if you do set up a SEP, do it with only one of the low-cost companies. And I might be able to find a link uh, for examples on your site? Oh, yeah, at my investment guide on Clark.com. I'll even walk okay. you through what to put your money into. And I mentioned on another show, I want to mention again, because people don't hear everything I talk about, obviously, that if you are doing your tax return and you have a simple situation The IRS offers free file, and if you go to irs.gov, right on the front page, it says IRS free file open now. You click on it, and it'll show you all the private software companies that cooperate with the IRS to make tax preparation and tax filing free, some of which also, if you live in a state with a state income tax, make that free as well. Roughly... Somewhere around two-thirds of taxpayers qualify income-wise for the free filing program. Otherwise, creditkarmatax.com is also free for you to do your income tax. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's great to have you here for this normally clark moment when you hear the worst in companies, government, and sometimes individuals. But there are times I like to do a reverse Clark Rage where you get to hear something someone does that is just absolutely fantastic. This is one of those times. Drum roll, please. So you get to hear the story of a guy named Cross Scott. So he's an auto mechanic, and I read this story in the Arizona Daily Star. So he is taking a customer car out for a test drive because the customer had been complaining about a particular problem with the vehicle. And as he's driving down the road, he sees a vehicle on the side of the road and sees the driver of that vehicle slumped over in the car. And he's like, this isn't right, obviously. Stops his car. Well, actually, the customer's car he was testing. And Cross gets out of the vehicle, hustles over, and realizes that this woman is not okay Her car was kind of creeping forward. He puts a rock under the front tire to stop the car. And then he picks up another rock because, you know, it's a desert. There's plenty of rock available. Cross takes that rock, smashes it through a window in the car, unlocks the car, and gets in there and realizes this woman not only is unconscious, she is not breathing. But there's a problem. Cross doesn't know anything about First aid, rescue, CPR, nothing. Two bystanders come up and he says, call 911 now. This woman is not breathing. Get help. And then, this is the craziest thing. This guy without any training at all, Cross, remembers an episode of the TV show The Office that is in constant... I don't know if it's still, it's in reruns all the time and on demand. I don't know if it's still a current show. But anyway, my son is really into The Office. So in an episode of The Office, one of the characters shares the same last name with him, Scott, Michael Scott, performs CPR in the episode. He remembers what happened in that episode, mimics it, starts doing CPR, and the woman comes to. And a little while later, the medics arrive, and they end up saving the woman's life. And so think about that. Season 5, episode 14 of The Office, as he said in a quote to the Arizona Daily Star, I've never prepared myself for CPR in my life. I had no idea 
what I was doing. Turned out he knew exactly what he was doing. By the way, if you don't ever get trained and you were left in a situation there's nobody else to help, do the compressions, apparently to the tune of the Bee Gees song, Staying Alive, that has a beat that if you keep humming that to yourself, you apparently will do compressions right in sync with how you should, which is roughly nearly two a, a second every minute. And who knows, you may save somebody's life. So Joel, let's see if we can help somebody's life. Hit me with an ask, Clark. All right, sounds good, Clark. Chayton wrote in and he said, a couple of times you've mentioned why security cameras as the best deal. But I've read online reviews and many of them say that video stored in the cloud by the Chinese company isn't secure. It's like the privacy of your home can potentially be viewed by the whole world. What are your views about privacy issues with the wise cameras? So I wasn't aware of specific security threats involving the wise cams and the Chinese doing whatever. And that's because I use an SD card in my wise cams. I have five of them. And so the SD card records the video. And then once it's full, it then records over what it has. So uh, as best I know, I've not heard of any specific issues with the wise cam. But if you use the SD card, you won't have to worry about that as best I can tell anyway. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where you learn ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You were looking for the best deals out there? Look at ClarkDeals.com, where we curate bargains to save you money every day of the year. So this year, economists are more and more baking in the possibility of a recession. And the United States has been without a recession for a pretty long time, but a number of factors are pointing towards the possibility of a recession, not a certainty, not even necessarily a probability, although some economists believe there to be a probability instead of a possibility. But the key thing is in all the dull financial publications I read, there's a continuous stream of stories about recession possibilities. There are any of a number of factors why economists are concerned. And one of the things is the ongoing trade disputes that we're embroiled in with other countries and issues with where we are with employment in the United States. So there are, and you're wondering, how could where we are with employment, with employment being so good, how could that be a leading indicator of a recession? Well, economists believe there's a natural level of unemployment and that right now somehow we're exceeding it. I'm not sure that's true because there's still a lot of people working across the United States who are underemployed, who are working 
below their level of skills, below what their skills should lead to in terms of income. But I just want to tell you that that's something economists are buzzing about. And the thing about recessions is there's an old, economists don't have very fun or funny jokes, but there's an old joke among economists that economists predict nine of the last five recessions that they continually project wrong, that they forecast wrong. But for you and me, what I think is significant and important is that the odds of a recession are rising. And recessions are a normal part of an economic cycle. So the important thing is to be prepared. A lot of us as Americans are not prepared. We have taken on more debt than is really reasonable for us to have at this point in our lives versus our income. And credit card debt that uh, had been really under control in the United States has gotten quite a bit larger over the last year and a half. And uh, car loan debt, student loan debt, debt for debt, I mean, just, (laughs) it's not good. And uh, companies are carrying too high levels of debt. So those are bad things to have when an economy slows. And so I would encourage you to look at what you're spending, look at what you borrowed, look at what you owe, because the best way to protect yourself if the economy does slow, if hours at work are cut back, if you get an unexpected layoff, is to not owe everybody on earth money. The more you reduce the amount of outstanding debt, particularly anything like consumer debt, the healthier that makes your personal balance sheet when times get tougher. If you are a small business owner and you have taken on debt for your small business, I would encourage you to look at reducing that level of debt so that if the economy does fine, you'll be fine. If the economy does not do as well, you protect yourself on the downside. Frank is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Frank. Hey, Clark. Um, appreciate you taking my call. Although, uh, talking about a recession right before I'm talking about possibly retiring early kind of makes me change some of my questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, remember, <laughs> it's only it's only being talked about in all the dull publications I read. Yeah, I've been reading a little bit too, and I see that. But I think I'm I'm okay, and you know, I thought I'd give you a call. I've talked to a few other people, but as me and my wife, we kind of don't trust a lot of those that we talk to because they've always have alternative motives, I guess. And I thought I'd give you a call and see if I can get some some good answers to some of our questions. Let's see if I can help. So uh, the first question I have is. You know, most of my my uh, savings is in a 401k. I just turned 55, and from what I understand, once you turn 55, you can start pulling money out of your 401k without any penalties. Um, you're still going to pay taxes um, on that money, but uh, there is no penalty as long as all of that 401k is from that employer that I'm retiring from. 
Yes, that uh, there is the exception that instead of having to wait till 59 and a half to do penalty-free withdrawals, you're free to do so at 55. So, so if that's the case, then my next question is, um, our, my 401k, uh, I can only take one sum out of it before 50, 59 and a half. So when speaking to the company that handles my 401k, they suggested that I take enough to live on with my re- retirement or my pension that I receive. So take enough money out of my 401k and put it into a short-term uh, immediate annuity. Oh, uh, what? 59 and a half. Wow. All right. So the, the reason you would do that is to not generate tax right now is why they're telling you to put it into an annuity? Correct. But why would you even withdraw if you're going to put it aside for four and a half years? Because annuities have massive fees and commissions built into them. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if the idea is you do a withdrawal at 55, but then put park the money till you're 59 and a half, why not just leave the money in the 401k, all of it, and only withdraw when you turn start withdrawals when you're 59 and a half. But no, uh, I'm sorry, I probably didn't explain that right. I want to withdraw. I'm going to start redraw, draw, drawing out money at 55. So I'll retire. Uh, so you would you would have the pension. And how much of your living costs are you projecting the pension will cover? Um, about a quarter of it. Huh. All right. Um, and what you have other than that is this 401k? Correct. And money in the savings. All right. I'm I'm going to say something crazy, but are you sure you should really bag work at 55? I, I don't know exactly that I would retire and not work again, but I would like to leave the employer that I'm currently at to look at something different. I mean, okay, that makes perfect sense. That, that makes perfect sense. But, but saying that, you know, I don't know what the employment is going to be like. What happens if I can't find a job, right? Or Oh, you'll find uh, work. It's just, is it going to be exactly what you want? It may take a while correct. to find something that really fits what you want to do. But if you have a pension that will only cover 25% of your living costs, and what you're going to depend on is what you have in savings and what you have in your 401k, it makes me really nervous about you bagging work at 55. I would be much more comfortable if you're ready to be done with them and you retire from them at 55, that you immediately seek um, employment part-time, full-time, whatever it is you're comfortable doing rather than withdrawing from the 401k. I want you to have, you know, your lifespan retiring at 55, you know, you may well live into your mid-80s or longer. And so your money has to last you another three decades. A question then on, let's say when I I would pull out of my 401k and I got my, my pension, how is that taxed? Is it tax just like regular ordinary income? income, just like you made more money? So again, no penalty in in 
your situation. And you can do that, but unless you manage to save massive amounts in that 401k and you've managed to save massive amounts outside that you have in this savings, I don't want you to be in a position where later in life you're like, oh man, when I was young, I wish I'd work more and not touch this money. So I would like you to do this. You said it's been really hard to know who to trust. I want to give you a place to go that you can trust. I want you to make an appointment and go sit down with somebody from the Garrett Planning Network. They don't sell anything. They just give advice. You pay them a fee based on the hours they spend with you. If you go to the website GarrettPlanningNetwork.com, you'll be able to put in your zip code and find somebody close to you and sit down with them and go through your finances and see if you really are ready to click that button and say, yes, I'm retired, or maybe not. Or maybe there's a plan B or C that makes sense for you. Dan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dan. Hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Dan. You're going to make me do some marriage counseling now? I think so. Uh oh. <laughs> so you can put this to rest for us. So, uh, my fiance and I uh, were trying to merge some of our finances together. We recently got a uh, credit card together for some of our shared expenses. And uh, we're finding out that each of us has a different method of how we like to pay on our credit card. Um, and we're wondering if either of these methods is better for our credit score. So, she likes to pay her credit card um, at, uh, just paying the, by the statement balance, but uh, I like to pay my credit card based on the current balance, like a couple of times each month. And we're just wondering if, if either of these is uh, is better or better for a credit score. For your credit score, what you're doing is better because then when the bill closes each month, your balance is lower than it would be if you just pay based on the statement date. Okay. So the percent of your available credit that's reported each month by your credit card companies um, becomes part of a ratio of debt you have versus available credit. And the lower you have that ratio, the more it improves your score. So you want to have the amount of debt you have versus your credit limit below 30%. But if you go below 10%, it gives a booster shot, a significant one potentially, to your credit score. So by you paying a couple of times a month on the balance, you're driving down the balance that will be reported to the bureaus each month. And that makes your method superior to hers. That's really good to know. How are you going to say that to her that she doesn't resent it? You know, I was just trying to figure that one out. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'll just have her listen to this episode when it uh, comes on the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Best way to stay out of trouble. And have yep. the two of you sat down, since this is your fiance, have you sat down and talked about goals in life? What you eat? Are we... Uh, yes, we, we actually have. We're kind of getting together like a five-year plan and a 10-year plan together and making sure that we're both on the same page. That's really important for couples to do because each in our own heads in a couple, 
we have the idea of what we think our life's supposed to be like together, and very seldom do we actually verbalize that to each other. And doing that is really key so that you don't end up with tension, friction, and disagreements about money and goals over the years. The earlier you do it in a relationship, the healthier it is for that relationship. Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hey, how, Clark, how are you doing? Great, thank you, Mark. So I'm a long-time listener, and I've had several occasions to call your helpline where you have your uh, volunteers, which I've had perfect results. And I have a subject today that I thought might be of interest to a lot of listeners. And I just wanted to ask you, how are things today on Mars? Because you have a terrible phone connection today. <laughs> Oh, I'm calling from my landline. That's pretty weird. That's probably why. You know, landlines, because the technology with them, they didn't even have the word technology when they wired telephone poles. But the the systems are so old now, and they're not being well-maintained by the traditional wired phone companies that, ironically enough, the call quality of cell phone calls is generally better now than the quality on a wired phone line. That's that's good to know. I'll keep that in mind next time I tune in your show. So uh, how can I be of service to you? Okay, Clark, here's the deal. I'm uh, 70 years old. I'm retired. I have three vehicles, one of which I use as my daily driver. The other two I take out on Sunday drives mostly, and they usually I drive five to 800 miles a year on those two cars. So I've been hearing about this pay-by-the-mile car insurance. I love it. And I wondered, you know, I've read reviews online, some good, some not so good, but I thought if anybody probably knows about this stuff, Clark Howard. I'm a huge, huge fan of the idea of paying per mile that we drive. And in fact, uh, you live in the state of Oregon? That's correct. Years ago, Oregon had um, a pilot testing the idea of charging people based on how often they bought gasoline and translating that into charging the equivalent of per mile for auto insurance. I don't know what ever happened with that pilot, but now a number of private companies are offering uh, non-traditional auto insurance where you pay for each mile you drive. Like in my case, it works out to about $20 a car and then a little bit under $0.03 a mile. So I think that's great. Uh, In your case, obviously, And so people that are hyper-long commuters who are in their vehicles all the time, the idea of being charged by the mile would just destroy their wallet. But for you, with the technologies available today to track how many miles you're actually driving, I love that. Which company are you thinking of? Uh, Metro Mile. So Metro Mile uh, is available on the West Coast in California, Oregon, and Washington and then on the eastern seaboard in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Virginia, and now they have Illinois. And the idea of paying only for the miles you drive, I think is a great thing because they can calculate your exact level of risk. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.